0: Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I've got news about jobs. By the way, are you happy with your job? A new survey says almost half of Americans aren't at all. Also, what's the future going to hold for those of us who've been working from home? So Microsoft did a survey, I don't know why Microsoft was doing a survey like this, but of thousands of workers and found that, well, people aren't so hot about their jobs. The number who feel overburdened by their work, who are um, various levels of miserable, is more than half of all workers, a significantly higher number than surveys showed prior to the pandemic. In fact... Over 40% of workers said, hey, I got to go look for a new job. When people say, on the one hand, they're unhappy with their job, and almost as many say in a survey, they got to go find a new place to work, that means that this is a special warning for employers that their workplaces stink right now. The irony, though, Is managers, executives, (laughs) are so blissfully ignorant. In the same survey, they overwhelmingly thought, no, our people love their jobs. They love working here. What a crazy disconnect. You know, there was that show, I don't know if it still exists, it was on maybe CNBC, Undercover Boss.
1: Yes, that was a good one.
0: And it's funny how uh, bosses find out that things on the front line aren't anything like they appear to be when you're in the uh, the tower of the executive suite and that your impression of what the environment is like is really different than it is for workers. So the good news, we have had a period, this is the bad news, we've had a period of extended unemployment for a lot of people in the United States, 50 million Americans at various points since the pandemic started, experiencing tough, tough periods of underemployment, unemployment, some people with long periods of unemployment. But the job market is on a steady upward tick, and we're going to have a job rotation. When you have more than four in 10 people working right now who say they hate where they're working and they're going to go find another job, It creates a rotation, both for people who've not been able to find work they want and for people that are looking for a different kind of work environment. This, particularly the second half of 21 and throughout 22, barring some unexpected event in the world, it's going to be a good time to explore opportunities for those that are currently underemployed or unemployed and for those who are employed and want something new to do. Um, Now, another thing, I am now back in the podcast studio, and this has been very recent for a long, long time. I have been hermetically sealed in my home studio, and when you consider the dislocations and disruptions of the pandemic, I'm way at the lucky end of the game. I was able to continue working just as before. Um, I think we provide better, a better atmosphere, a better podcast, better information when Krista and I are two feet apart <laughs> than when we're looking at each other on Zoom. I think, you know, there's... You and I have worked together so long, Krista. I think there's nonverbal that you get just me looking at mm-hmm. you that there's no way you get that when you're doing something remotely. Now, employers who... You know, uh, the Americans, the third of us who've been able to work from home, work remotely, we are so privileged because a lot of other people during the pandemic had to work even as it put them into direct contact and danger. So those of us that have worked remotely, many of us have learned, hey, we really love this remote thing. And overwhelmingly, people don't want to go back in the office. But as I shared with you about a month ago, Survey shows a lot of bosses want your rear end back in the office (laughs) because they don't trust you. But there's also another factor. You lose something of the team spirit and the culture of an organization when everybody's working remotely. So we're likely to go into a very awkward teenage phase of trying to make some kind of hybrid environment (laughs) work where people are in the office some amount of time, and working at home some amount of time, because before the pandemic, do you know only 5% of people worked remotely? 5% worked remotely regularly. Now it's, I mean, it's so many people do so.
1: It has forced so much innovation.
0: It has. I mean, think about what we did with the websites, what a difference it made with them, what a difference it made with our off-air center, the Consumer Action Center, where you get advice for free one-on-one. I'm looking out right now at our call center for people calling in for advice, and there are two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven workstations just sitting empty because all the questions are being answered remotely because we were able, we bought... uh, software, rented software, whatever. We we are paying for a virtual call center, sophisticated thing that allows for people to be anywhere in the world answering your questions instead of all of us working together. But we know we're missing something, not having people together. And so we will do that, but we will continue with a hybrid. And the office The idea employers have been bouncing around is, well, this person come this day, this other person that day. That's not going to work. Krista and I have talked about how important it is, in my opinion, she hasn't stated hers, to have everybody together in person as much as possible a couple of days a week instead of having a small number of people this day, a small number another day, and on like that. Because... There's a dynamic, there's a magic of collaboration that happens when people are in each other's presence that is not there with Zoom or Google Meets or whatever Microsoft's version of that is. So we are not going to have to go back to what we did before, but there's no doubt that there's going to be a movement to getting people back together in person And I think that's for the good. Krista?
1: Clark Patrick in California wants to know, he's seen discounted, quote unquote, forever stamps sold on Amazon. Are these legitimate USPS stamps?
0: Great questions. This is a very, very sketchy area. I would recommend that you stay away from this. I think there's too much risk that you could end up being out your money. Uh, These things tend to have no reviews at all, pop up and then disappear. The only reason anybody would sell at a discount, Forever stamps, is because it's just part of their business thing. You know, every Christmas, Costco does a tiny discount on Forever stamps that have like Santa on them or something like that. But Krista, there's something about the Amazon listings you think is important for people to look
1: at. Yeah, um, I was looking at this particular listing that Patrick sent, and it's on Amazon. If you look, it's under the category of arts and crafts and sewing fabric decorating kits. So it doesn't actually say they're legitimate USPS stamps. So, and there are it, no reviews, no questions. The company has no other listings.
0: So uh, forever stamps are a deal, but I would be careful trying to buy stamps below list price because I think it's nearly a certainty that you're going to get cheated.
1: Matt in Virginia says, my eight-year-old daughter earned $100 in 2020 doing yard work for our neighbors. We submitted our 2020 taxes with our daughter listed as a dependent she has not filed a tax return. Can she still put that money towards a 2020 Roth IRA?
0: Yes, she can. She has to do a tax return. You can do an online one very cheap or free. And yes, she can have $100 and one. I do the Roth IRA probably with Fidelity because they have no minimum on their accounts and she can go in the Fidelity uh, Zero. It's either called broad market or Total Market Index Fund put that $100 to work, cost-free, tax-free, and let it grow for the next zillion years. Eight years old opening a Roth. Do I love that.
1: Greg in North Carolina says, I'm getting unauthorized monthly recurring charges from Spotify. I've never signed up for it. When we contact our Fidelity Visa, they say they can't block a recurring charge. I've tried to contact Spotify to stop it. I've not found a way to get to them without setting up an account and logging in. If this happens again, I'm going to be forced to cancel my Fidelity Visa. Help.
0: So, what I would do is I would go to bbb.org, the Better Business Bureau website. It has become the best get human there is where you file a complaint against Spotify there and Spotify will nearly certainly answer that. The other thing is using social media. And they have a customer service thing on Twitter that supposedly works. It's at Spotify Cares is the Twitter handle. And I would, if you have a Twitter account, tweet at them. If you don't, maybe set one up just to be able to tweet at them to try to get this taken care of. It's possible that somebody stole the Fidelity credit card number and is using your number as a way to get Spotify for free since you never signed up with it.
1: My mother is a 69 year old New York State resident. She lives alone, and the isolation of COVID is getting to her. She actually got excited when I suggested she go back to school to finish her bachelor's. SUNY, which is a state university in New York, offers free auditing of classes for seniors but I can't find anything about free or reduced tuition for credit classes for seniors. Money's an issue, but getting her degree would make her so happy. Is there anything you can suggest?
0: So there are scholarships specifically geared towards older individuals. AARP is an example, has college scholarships. And depending on the state, although your state allows auditing at SUNY, I can't believe, Christy, you had to explain what SUNY is.
1: Well, you know. And now to, to the audience, oh, right? Okay. Not everyone knows All what right. SUNY is.
0: Because <laughs> people in New York, they just do shorthand what campus they're at. They don't right. say I'm SUNY. I'm Binghamton, whatever. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I I would talk with financial aid, have her talk at, with financial aid at the SUNY campus she's interested in, taking credit classes, and see if they offer any special program that allows senior citizens to scholarship out for classes or get a heavily reduced tuition. But auditing is fine as well if the real goal at that point is to have the knowledge. Next, I have some news for you speaking of college about student loan forgiveness. And, you know, there's also something I'm really a fan of that eliminates you taking on student loan debt in the first place. So, there's been a a saga going on with people who ended up in student loan mills. Student loan mills, if you're not familiar, are where really sleazy, sleazy people and organizations would get people signed up for supposed career learning programs at for-profit institutions. And the schools were only about recruiting people, getting them to sign up for student loans, and then not doing anything seriously to educate people. And one after another of those schools ended up closing, leaving behind a trail of disaster for so many people who borrowed in good faith, to get an education they didn't receive. Well, there is a student loan forgiveness process for people who are defrauded by these loan mills. And unfortunately, the prior education, Secretary DeVos was philosophically opposed to this and didn't follow the law. The good news is that the law is being followed again And if you were turned down for loan forgiveness on one of these fraudulent loans or schools that have since ceased to operate, you are now eligible to reapply for loan forgiveness and not have to have that loan obligation or pay those debts. You know, I am a big believer that the federal student loan program creates a lot more problems than it solves with legit traditional colleges. I find that the availability of nearly unlimited borrowing by students has led to extreme inefficiency on college campuses and costs that got out of control. And so if I were your emperor I would eliminate the federal student loan program or highly curtail it. But the reality is it exists. But more and more people now are saying they're not going to college because they're terrified about what happened to older relatives or friends or the stories they've heard about people who've ended up weighing over their heads with student loan debt that's from legitimate schools that just puts a chokehold on their financial future. So people now are are becoming nervous or unwilling to take on college loans at all. Now that to me is a step too far. I'm not excited about that. But I did want you to know that there are certificate programs you can do that will make it possible for you to – Get that college education, not college education, but get education that will train you for a job and do so basically nearly for free. And there are a number of such what are known as certificate programs, including one from Google. Everybody loves to harsh on Google, but they actually have a neat thing where. Google offers a number of Google career certificates that are in fields that are in much demand in uh, developer certifications of various types. They're very, very cheap or free. They have a bunch of scholarships available. And there are a lot of fields that don't cost a lot or take a huge amount of time to learn the skills or certifications you need that I saw in a nice write-up by U.S. News. Think about this one. Wind turbine technician. You'd said that a few years ago, people would say, a what, what, what? Phlebotomist, dental assistant, ophthalmic medical technician, ophthalmic, sorry, medical records technician, licensed practical nurse, licensed vocational nurse, just examples of the kind of things that are certification programs that tend to cost a hundred to $1, a thousand dollars or so. and then you have something that gets you onto a career ladder. And so this is the kind of thinking I want you to think about. You know historically people have thought of stopping education, at some point, and that's it. But I'll tell you, there are things other than college that get you a booster shot on a career path. Krista?
1: Faith in Vermont wrote in and said, I'm 20 years old and I've just increased my monthly payment for my college loan by about double since I have a substantial savings and a decent monthly income. I'm nervous about putting down a lump sum payment since I'm planning on moving back across the country later this year but I know that would help me to pay it off faster. Do you have any advice for me?
0: Okay, first of all, I'm very impressed with what you're doing. I think it's fantastic that you're working so hard to reduce the amount of student loan debt you have. Um, With the move across the country, I would say don't accelerate your payments now. Once you relocate and you feel stable in your new location, then resume doing what you're doing with an accelerated pay down on student loan debt.
1: Blake in Georgia says, I ordered opening day Atlanta Braves tickets through an online broker. I received an email a few days ago saying my event was canceled, so I asked for a refund. I received another email saying my refund was processing, and then another saying my seats were still available for purchase. I checked it out, and now the same seats are double the price. It turns out that the game was never canceled. This was just a way to scam people out of money. The credit I would have received didn't even cover the new price of the tickets I originally purchased.
0: Wow. Wow. So third-party broker, I think about everything we had last spring involving concerts and sport events. The overwhelming complaints we had were about third-party ticket brokers. This is an era where nobody should ever think about, I I didn't like third-party brokers to start with, but right now, absolutely stay away from them. So if I have this right, the refund you got is not even close to what you originally paid, and you're not getting to go to the Braves opening day. That is rotten, terrible, I hope, that you post everywhere on social media you can about the ticket broker in question and what happened to you, especially the fact that the tickets are now out there in inventory again that were taken back from you.
1: Kim in North Carolina says a family member has been arrested and may be in jail for quite some time. He expects his economic stimulus payment to arrive as a paper check to his home address. How can we help him cash it? He's unmarried with no joint accounts. How exactly do prisoners conduct financial transactions? This is all foreign to us.
0: So this came up before with the prior stimulus payments that there was a argument this time about whether or not prisoners would be included. They are included. And so what happens is the family member who is incarcerated will sign a power of attorney And that will allow another family member to handle the check for them and get the money for their use to them. So it is something that became, uh, huh? how do we do this, that became a common procedure after the prior stimulus payments were made. And if you want a briefing on it, uh, there's one on Legal Beagle, right? Mm-hmm. Legal Beagle is a is like a blog that has a lot of information on unusual legal situations and you should be able to find something that explains it in more detail there.
1: Teresa says is there any way to get a refund for an Airbnb cancellation? I booked a weekend trip then found out I had to work and I wanted to change the date but could only cancel online and lost my first night's deposit of $300. Teresa,
0: I am really sorry to have to confirm terrible news for you. When you do an Airbnb booking, one of the things it will tell you is the host's policy on cancellation and changes. A host is allowed to have a strict policy, which many of them do and even maintain during coronavirus, where you pretty much are out of luck on money you paid. I would go look at the listing on your Airbnb and see, does it stay strict cancellation policy or lay out for you the policy? And odds are, unfortunately, you are going to be out that money. The, from the host's perspective, if at a late date you have to cancel or change a date they may have well lost the opportunity to rebook that night. And that's why a lot of hosts have the very strict cancellation policies.
1: And Susie in California says the IRS is now offering taxpayers identity protection pins to prevent someone else from filing a tax return using their social security number. Does Clark recommend taking advantage of this option for two-factor authentication? It seems like a no-brainer.
0: Susie, 100%. I really like for people to do this. This was experimental for years in the two states that were suffering the most text ID fraud, which were Florida and Georgia. Then the program paused for a while and then launched nationally. Almost nobody knows this exists, but particularly for anybody who anticipates each year getting a refund... If somebody files a return as if they're you, you'll wait 10 to 14 months typically for your refund if somebody's been up to no good. So setting up with the IRS for the identity protection pen is a great idea. It's not as important, believe it or not, for people who typically owe the IRS money every tax season, but for people who want money back from the IRS or expect money back from the IRS great idea and it's a great idea for you that you listen you know we're here to serve you 24 hours a day at clark.com we send out a free daily newsletter i'm really proud of it to subscribe go to clark.com slash
1: newsletters